Turn to Psalms 23 tonight. Psalms 23 tonight. Uh, we're continuing the, the, the thought of uh, standing in the presence of our enemies. Standing in the presence of our enemies. Psalms 23, verse 4 and 5. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod, thy staff, thy comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Let us pray. Father, we just thank tonight, Lord. Just open up our hearts and minds. Receive the message that we stand in need of tonight, Lord. Help us all, Lord, to be, be what we need to be. And we'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. God is preparing provisions right in the front of his enemies. David said that he is literally walking through the shadow of the enemies, hovering all over him, all, all around him. He said, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Bible said that death is an enemy. And is the last enemy that we will destroy, that will be destroyed, and that is death. David said, I am dwelling in a place in my life where the shadow of the enemy is hovering all over me. It's all around. I can feel him over me. I can see the presence of the enemy. I know that he's constantly there. This is what I like about David tonight. David said, instead of focusing on the fact that my enemy is ever present hovering on me surrounding me I would rather focus on the fact that there is a provincial guiding hand in the presence of God that is also in the midst of that place where I'm hovering at the night he's right where I'm dwelling I have the enemy all around me but God is in the midst with me he said right in front of me in the presence of my enemies, right in front of David, he said, who is struggling with, uh, but not just in front of him, but, but who's struggling with him, but who in front of him, who has said, strengthen me tonight. He says, he strengthens me. He said, my enemy is here, and not just my enemy. He said, you are with me, Lord. He said, right in the presence of my enemies, and the one that strengthens me, the one that gives me help when I need it, you are there with me. Let me say this. Don't, don't lose focus on the Lord and get your focus more on the enemy instead of the help you get tonight. I, I don't know if you, you're like me. It, it is easy for me to lose focus on uh, 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 the Lord. And when the enemies are coming after me, it's easy for me to lose focus when things are surrounding me. I, I'm working on that, trying to stay focused on God in the midst of my troubles and my trials. I, I'm still uh, trying to figure that out, how to get to where uh, God can just work with me. But don't lose focus on who is helping you in the middle of your trials in the middle of the storm because the enemy is always going to be around us tonight. There's, that's not going away. I, I'm more of a, I don't know if y'all like me, but I'm more on the negative side. I, I always look at a glass half full, not half empty, but not half full. I, I, I look at it negative. I'm not a positive, 
But I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to get that a little better in my life. It's easier for me to focus more on the presence of my enemy than it is on the one that can help me no matter what I'm going through. I was sitting looking at this this afternoon. And we're going to be through a lot of it. I'm not going to make it through all the way through this whole thing tonight. I might get through the first point tonight. It, it, I just might get through that. And if I don't finish it up, I'll finish it up Wednesday night. We'll finish it up Wednesday night. David said, they're all around me. The shadow is hovering over me. But the fact that God is walking with me through this valley, I'm going through the valley of shadow of death. The enemy is all around me. His rod and staff comfort me. And he's sitting, he's sitting and spreading a table right before my face, right in front of me in the presence of my enemy tonight. Some of you are going to miss the fellowship and the fixings of God table of blessing of God because we worry too much about the enemy focus too much on the enemy than what we do on God the one that could help us tonight don't worry about what the world says don't worry about what they've done don't worry about the circumstances uh, that we find ourselves in we're going to miss the blessings of having the fellowship with God if we're focusing on the wrong thing. We'll miss the presence of God if we're focusing on our enemies because we are more concerned and interested with our enemies. Uh, as old saying is, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. And that's what we're doing. We're focusing on our enemies instead of focusing on the one that can give us deliverance in the midst of that hovering enemy over us. Don't lose your focus on the wrong thing tonight. I'm preaching tonight. We preached the other night, uh, uh, last Sunday night, we talked about the life of Moses. And standing in the presence of the enemy, we talked about how he, God sustained Moses in the presence of his enemy. And, and Moses faced a lot of enemy and how, how God sustained him. Tonight I want to preach on tonight. I'm have to be honest with you, the, the last couple of weeks that I've been facing with, I have fought more enemies along beside me. I've had to be honest. It's easy for me to get my, my uh, get a little bit discouraged, get a little bit depressed, uh, aggravated, and get more focused on the enemy than the one who's going to help me and strengthen me. But don't let the enemy draw you away, draw time away from God and the God, the presence of God, from what God is trying to do. Don't don't let the enemy pull you away from what God is trying to do to you. In the presence of your enemy tonight. We've, we find that Daniel in his life. From the time that he was a young lad. Until, his, until he dies. Uh, he, he lived with the enemy hovering all around him. All his life. Daniel knew about the enemy. Daniel knew about the presence of God in the midst of his enemies. Now I don't want to preach on serving God. Serving God 
in the presence of your enemies. Moses was around a lot of enemies. I told you that. In the early part of his life, in the middle part of his life, Moses was around the enemy. But the last 40 years of his life, Moses was with God's people. But Daniel, from Daniel chapter 1 to Daniel chapter 12, Daniel is literally surrounded by the enemies from day in to day out, from morning to night. Uh, Daniel's around the enemies. He's living in the country. He's living in Babylon, the enemy of Israel. And yet he serves God anyway. Somebody say, don't, don't tell me you can't serve God because of the obstacles uh, and the enemies that's in your life. Don't tell me you can't serve God. If Daniel can serve God faithfully and, and obstacles that he faced and, and the enemies that were surrounding him, we can serve God. We don't have to let uh, the world take control of us. I can't serve God because of these things in my life. I can't serve God because of that. I, I can't serve God. Don't tell me Daniel served God. Amen. Even when he's surrounded by his enemies. Look at chapter 1 of Daniel. Chapter 1 of Daniel. We will be going all over the Bible tonight. Please keep the Bibles open. Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. He took it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, a king of Judah, into his hands, which part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto the Espinaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, the children of whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and to whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldean. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing three, them three years that at the end of there might be able to stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and unto whom the prince of the Anuits gave them names, he gave Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and Hananiah, Shadrach, and Mishael, Meshach, and of Asperiah, Abednego. Get this, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine, nor with drink, Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. In spite of the place where Daniel is, in spite of the problems that Daniel is facing, in spite of the obstacles that Daniel's facing, he just serves God. He doesn't just serve God, but he serves the king. He serves the king tonight. The king that's employing him. We find that he, he, he's, he's run through about four kings. If you study the Bible, he runs through Nebuchadnezzar and his son Belshazzar and Darius and Cyrus. So he's serving God. He's doing what God has told him to do. He, he's still praying to God. But yet in the midst of that, he's still serving the king that's over him. I want you to understand something. There are some real spiritual life lessons we need to learn from here. 
And we can learn in what we are going to go through the night, just practical lessons that we should learn and we should be able to take in our lives no matter where we go. Daniel, if you got real ears and you live in a real world, I want you to hear me tonight. What I'm back to fixing to say about serving God in the presence of our enemies, you say, how does Daniel serve God in the presence of the enemies? He serves him, first of all, using faithfulness. Faithfulness. He served the Lord with faithfulness. Look at chapter 6. Go to chapter 6. In, in chapter 6, verse number 1, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom of 120 princes, which be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give an account unto them, and to the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because of an excellent spirit. He's serving God. He has been faithful to God. So this excellent spirit that Daniel has. And the king thought to set him over whole realm. I think that one of the greatest compliments that God could give uh, Daniel, and I think that if greatest compliments that God could give one of us or anybody give us is that she's faithful. He's faithful. Faithful. Do you realize what it, it was God's grades on? God doesn't grade on how good you are, how much you have, or all this stuff. At the end of it, it says, that, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He, he's looking for faithfulness tonight. God's, God does not grade on success. We grade on success, but God grades on faith. God is just looking for some faithfulness, and David showed that. David was faithful, and no matter what he was doing, no matter where he's at, no matter circumstances David was under, David was, Daniel was faithful. He's a faithful Christian. Be a faithful church member. Be a faithful husband, be a faithful wife, be a faithful singer, be a faithful teacher, be a faithful preacher tonight. And one of the greatest compliments anyone could ever have at this point is a faithfulness. I cannot overemphasize enough. Listen, if you want God to advance you and promote you in your life, it will begin and end with faithfulness. If you want God to advance and promote your life in whatever arena, whatever avenue that you're planning on going in, no matter what you're doing, either in public or secular world, you need to be faithful to God first. He finds that he is faithful as the president. That means he's, he besides over something. He's, he's over people. The Bible said that Darius made 120 princes and over them three presidents and of them Daniel was favored. Why, why, why was Daniel favored over all them? And Daniel being a, a Hebrew and over these uh, 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 pagan people, why would Darius find favor in Daniel and put him over all of them? Because of his spirit. Because of his spirit. 
What Daniel is doing for Darius, listen to me. There's nothing spiritual about working for the king. Let me just say this. There's nothing spiritual about working for a bank. There's nothing spiritual about working for the post office. There's nothing spiritual about working for a lab. There's nothing spiritual about working. It's what the spirit inside you does. Somebody told me once, and I think that's good. It's not the woman you in that makes you a Christian. It's the Christian that makes you the woman that you are. It's not the man that makes the Christian. It's the Christian in the man that makes the man. It, 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 let me just say that that goes with employees. That goes with your job. So it, it, let me just say this. As you go on your job site when you're working in the secular world, they should see there's something different. That's what Daniel did. Daniel showed, hey, there's something different about Daniel. He was upright. He was honest. He was twofold. He was right there. There is a spirit about Daniel that they looked at, and it should be the same thing with us when we go out in the world. They should see something different. It's not the employee that makes a Christian. Is what the Christian does and acts with the employee. Daniel found favor. Why? Because the Spirit of God was resting in Daniel and he was found faithful. Listen to me. Being employed doesn't make you any different kind of a Christian, but being a Christian should make you a different kind of employee. I, I've, lived, I've worked a secular world. I've seen what goes on in the secular world. I've seen how they say one thing and act another way. But here Daniel gets promoted over all and finds favor in the eyes of Darius because he's a faithful Christian. The worst testimony, listen to me, the worst testimony uh, that a Christian could ever had is said that they have a bad attitude and a poor work habit at work. The worst. They're, they're, that's a terrible testimony for a Christian for the cause of Christ. Where you work at, in, they, they know you're a Christian. They, I pray you tell them that you're a Christian. And if you tell them that you're a Christian, yet your attitude stinks, your worth ethic stinks, that's not doing God any favors. You say, I'm a Christian. When you say, I'm a Christian, there's something be should said about you that you are trustful and you're faithful that when you get to the work, you're going to do the best ability that you possibly can. Amen. Terrible testimony. The greatest testimony of Christian where you work is they do everything that you got to the best ability that you have tonight. The best ability. Paul said in Romans 12, 11, not slothfulness in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. He said in Ephesians, let me, I'll, I'll read Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh which feareth and tremble in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servant of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. 
what, what, what he's trying to tell us is it, Daniel uh, received this promotion in life. Daniel received this not because Daniel was something different, but because the spirit that was residing in Daniel and Daniel was found faithfulness and serving God in faithfulness tonight. And that's what God is looking for you and I tonight. God is looking for some faithfulness tonight. God wants us to have faithfulness tonight. He was faithful in his job. Now you got to remember this. Darius is a pagan, lost, false God worshiper. And yet Daniel, as a child of God, makes such an impression on him, on this lost man, and said, I'm going to promote him. I, I'm going to put him over all of y'all. That's the testimony that we should have, that we should look at. Go back to verse number one, chapter number one. I love verse 9, but read verse 8 with me. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the most portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Boy, that's a lot right there. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of eunuchs. Not only his faithfulness, but Daniel is faithfulness in his purity and his purpose. Listen, when I, when I was in the secular world and uh, uh, working and people are uh, uh, working for, and one of the biggest problems I had with people that they would just not work. You can hire them and they wouldn't come the next day. They didn't like the job. You, you didn't know what was going on. And they say they, they love God. They say they serve God, but their work ethic was not there. You see what Daniel does. He makes his mind up. I'm not going to be, going, I'm not, that I'm going to be faithful to my convictions. Even though I'm a long way from home, even though I'm living in a pagan country and I'm serving a pagan king, Daniel purposed in his heart that he's going to be faithful to God. A long way from home. Mom and daddy's not there to make sure he's doing what he's supposed to do. The church synagogue is not there to make sure Daniel's doing what he's supposed to do. But he said, they might be here. Mom and Daddy might not be here. The church members might not be here. But he said, God is here. God is here. He says, God sees me. God knows what I'm doing wrong. And on the hill, they said, Bless God Almighty, you're going to hell. You ain't doing nothing but a bunch of devils and gone wrong. That, that's what they do on a job. You can, purpose, you can purpose in your heart to not defile yourself uh, with this world. Listen, uh, without being a jerk, I think Baptists has got it all wrong. They went too far one way or too far the other way. If I say, please don't do that, then I'm not going to partake of that. They'll think you're a Pharisee. Well, I don't want to think that I'm a Pharisee, and I don't want to think I'm like that, so I just keep my mouth shut. No, you can't do that either. Look, look what Daniel does. I, I love that. Look what Daniel said in the last part of verse 8. Therefore he requested.
requested. He requested. He did not demand. Do you know why in verse 9, God brought him into favor and the tender love with the prince of the eunuchs? Because he handled things in the right way. He didn't jump up and point his finger in his face and said, Hey, I bless God. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that. And you just can't make me. I'm not going to eat the king's meat. I'm not drinking his wine. You can't make me. Of course, if Daniel done that, he probably would have made him do that. No, he walked up to him and said, You know, look, guy. I, I can see Daniel now. Daniel's calm. He says, Look. I'm a Hebrew. I love the Lord. And I, I, I just can't partake of that. Said, I, I, I serve God and love God. And that, that would just defile me. But I'm, I'm requesting of you that I don't have to eat the meat or drink the wine. I'm, I'm just requesting. I'm just throwing a request out there. And I think, you know, we get a lot more ways if we get like that we start requesting stuff from people it's like if you go somewhere and, and people are jumping up start cussing and swearing have you ever been somewhere they just words come out and, and if you jump up in their face point your finger in their face don't be saying that my kids around here well that's just gonna make a matter that just makes them matter next thing you know you're you're in a heated discussion next thing you know you in a you in an altercation next time. If you could have just went up and said, "Look, guy, why don't you come to church with me? Give him a track. Say, here, why don't you why don't you come to church with me? I love the Lord. I'm, you can come here. I guarantee you that will go over better than pointing your finger at him and trying to tell him you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't act that way. See, we've gone too far one way and we've gone too far the other way. Daniel said, "Hey, you know, Daniel requested." Of their employee. Hey, this is this is who I am. This is what I do. And I'm just I'm asking you, please don't let me do that. There, there's gonna be some things on your job that's gonna make you uncomfortable. There's gonna be some things on your job that's gonna make you uncomfortable. And how you handle that is gonna tell them whether you're a Christian or not. You, you throw a fit, you get angry, tent or tantrum, kicking your things, kicking all around. That, that's, not that's not saying a good thing for God. If you're a Christian, you're handling it in the right way. And, and you know when you say you're a Christian, there are going to be those that's going to come out and try you to push you to just see how much of a Christian you are. They, they want to know exactly what kind of Christian you are. I, I'm quite sure Daniel got pushed. Daniel got tried. And, and Daniel kept his faith. Get, Daniel kept faithfulness about him. He stayed faithful to his purpose. He stayed faithful to his purity. I'm not going to let him do that. I'm not going to let the world change me who I am because they're doing something I don't like. And when you say that you are a Christian, they're going to come after you. Now, you can talk to some people and they just talk to them. The next thing you know, they'll calm down. They won't say that. Say, look, look, I, won't you come to church? I, you know, I don't use that. I don't, I don't talk that way. Can, can, you, can you please, just, just for now, can you, can you give me a little respect and just for now? You know? And you, you won't believe how far that goes, how far that will go. Trying to, be, trying to be helpful to somebody, trying to encourage them, uh, but 
They're watching you. You're, you're on stage, not them. You're on stage. Why? Because you said, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And how you act. I, like I told you, I, I, the worst example is I'm standing in Burger King one time, and a lady was standing about four people up in front of me, and she says she's a Christian. She says, I go to church, I love the Lord. And because they did not supersize her meal, I was ashamed. I got afraid. I stepped back. I was, this woman was gone crazy. And she says she's a Christian. Well, that was not a good sight for God, was it? No. I, I said all that to say this. There are going to be those who are going to come at you no matter what. There are going to be those who just keep coming at you, keep coming at you, keep coming at you. They're going to try you and try you and try. No matter what you say, no matter how you say, they're just going to keep coming at you. And they're going to slap you figuratively on your cheek to find out you're going to turn the other cheek. That's the world we live in. Now, I've been there and I said, Lord, you need to help me because I'm about ready to cocock this guy. I'm about ready to knock him out. I'm about ready to get out of there. You need to help me. I haven't been that pushed that far lately. And I, and I don't know. I, I pray that I have enough to hold back, but I haven't been pushed that far lately. But there's some things you might do that'll push me on the edge, and we'll find out. But Daniel was faithful in his purpose and his purity. He wasn't letting the things of this world, he wasn't letting the things there to defile him. See, he's looking, he was still faithful. He was faithful in his persecution. Look in chapter 6 again. Faithful in his persecution. You know, you know what happens in chapter 6, Daniel, don't you? He gets thrown in the lion's den. Verse number 20, when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel and said, King spake, and he said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lip of lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angels and have shut the lion's mouth. They have not hurt me for as much as before him innocence was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanding that he should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den with no manner of hurt was found upon him. Why? Why? Because he believed in his God. Can I tell you something tonight? Daniel does not let the unfortunate events in his life make him bitter. He stays faithful to God in spite of the storm. Uh, you, know how, you know why we so faithful is in his persecution? Because in this chapter 6, and there are six more chapters in Daniel, still faithful at it. What do you know about Daniel in the last six chapters? He just faithfully serves God. He keeps on serving God. He didn't let the first six chapters of Daniel get him bitter. 
Daniel doesn't get set back as circumstances and the storms coming in life and it and doesn't hinder him from being faithful. And we should be the same way. We should not let the storms that life come in our life that hinders us from being faithful. You should be faithful to no matter what you're standing in, no matter what circumstance you are. You, God should find you faithful. Too many Christians have a minor bump in their life. And they just go absolutely crazy and quit. They, they can't handle it. They can't handle it. They get, they get dropped into a situation, a den of lying uh, situation, dropped into a storm. They, they get dropped in some headaches and heartaches and trials. And they absolutely know not faithfulness whatsoever is found in them. Faithfulness is not determined when everything in your life is on the top side good. Faithfulness is determined when everything has gone bad. They've lied on you, they've thrown you in the lion's den, and you just trust God. That's real faithfulness. That's when real faith is coming out. I love Proverbs 24 and 10. It's, a, it's, a, it's one that you should lean on a lot of times. If thou faint in the day of adversary. He said, if you, if when your adversary is coming, if you faint, thy strength is small. In other words, every trial comes and you fall apart, there's no strength in you. God can't find faithfulness in you because you, every trial comes, every bump in the road, every niche in life, you get upset and you walk away. We find that all the time. People are just not faithfulness, God. And God wants to see faithfulness. In other words, they quit. They quit when the heat is on. You ain't got much to you. Real faithfulness is just like the Timex watch. Takes a licking. And it keeps on ticking. That's a real Christian. We take a licking and just keep on ticking. It never, just like the ever-ready battery, it never stops. But too many of us are Kleenex Christians. One blow, we out. We're through. Amen. God is looking for faithfulness. Daniel does... Nothing deserved getting thrown in the lion's den. Daniel is doing all, he's doing nothing but serving God faithfully. Bad news, good serving God. He gets advanced. It may take a lion's den in your life to show faithfulness. But everything works out. Everything eventually pays off. I can see the devil standing to the side. He's saying, boys, we got Daniel. Look here. We, we got him. We set this whole thing up. Got him to sign the decree. They can't, 30 days, they can't do anything. We, 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 we got him. We got him now. We got him. Just watch. When they throw him in that lion's den, it's all over. Daniel's going to curse God and get up and say, hey, I ain't going to do this no more. It ain't worth it. You know when he stands back. But the next day when Daniel says, hey, I'm still serving God. I'm still faithful. I still love God. The devil says, you know, we gave it our best shot. We can't discourage him. We gave it our best shot. 
It's just like Job. Uh, the devil said the only reason, God, the reason why Job is uh, uh, praising you, the only reason why Job is serving you is because you got a hedge around him and you give him all these things. He said, if you take that away from him, I can get him to curse you. What a bad testimony for a Christian. The only way we serve God is because God, we look at God as some supreme Santa Claus in heaven just give us out gifts all the time. And if you don't give us gifts out, I ain't serving you. That's what people look at God as. Someone who's going to give gifts. If you don't give me gifts, you don't give me blessings, I ain't going to serve you. It's not faithfulness. That's not being faithful. I, I don't serve God because he don't bless me. The only reason why I serve God is because he blessed me. If God never does another thing for you and I, he's done all he needs to do for you and I. He's done all he could do. He served him. He was faithful as the president. He was faithful because he, he, he was something different about Daniel and it should be different about you and I. He was faithful in his uh, uh, persecution. He's faithful in his beliefs. He was faithful in his purity, in his purpose in his heart. He, he served faithfully in his walk with God. You, you know, mind you, what winds him up in the lion's den is because of his personal walk with God. Persecution. Let me just say this. If you walk with God personally, and it's also publicly, you will face persecution. You will face persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 is still in the Bible. Yea, all that live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. You serve God personally and publicly, you will face persecution. In chapter 6, do you know what gets him thrown in the line? It's because God promoted him and they got him. They got everybody else got jealous because of it. I want you to understand this. The farther you walk you with God. And the more he uses you, the more he advances you, there are going to be some carnal Christians around you that's going to get jealous and mad at you. They will try to take you down. That's what I wanted. I wanted to do that. And God all of a sudden just picked them and put them there. That's the position I want. I want to do that. God promoted them, and yet there's going to be carnal Christians around that say, hey, I should have been there. And they're going to come after you. Look at verse 10. When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house, shut all his windows, pulled his shades, got in his closet and said, hey, I got 30 days. I think I can wake this thing out for 30 days. I'm just going to become a closet Christian. I, I know the persecution. I know what they said they're going to do to me. I'm just, I'm going to step back. No, Daniel didn't do that. Went to his windows being open in his chambers toward Jerusalem and he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God I love this, as he did aforetime. It didn't change Daniel. He was not changed. He didn't stop. He kept worshiping God, giving God the praise on all that he'd done. He, did, he didn't let the circumstances change how he worshiped God. Lord, I, I can't go out and worship you, you know, because if I do it, they're going to throw me in the lion's den, and I don't want to be thrown there. Lord, uh, I, I'll just sit in my closet for 30 days. I can wait it out. Don't we? 
If they put a proclamation out on the door that says, you call through the doors of this church, we're going to take you to the guillotine. There's big old letters out there, you know, big old writing notes. If you enter the doors of this church, you will go to the guillotine. How many of those would be standing outside going, really? 30 days. You come to church for 30 days. 30 days. We'll zoom it. Let's zoom it. Come on. Let's, let's, let's zoom. Let's zoom it. We find that. But Daniel didn't let the circumstances, didn't let the things that was coming down on him change his faithfulness to God. And we have to be, God has to find us faithful. And that's what God is looking for, some people that's going to just be faithful. I, I, we've got too many people say, yeah, I love God, but yeah, you don't see him in church. When things are good, I'll serve God. Boy, but when things go bad... I'll get back out in the world because the world can make me feel better than the church can. We've seen it. I've seen it. People do that. Daniel did not diminish his convictions just because the heat got on. He said, maybe it wasn't that important after all. Maybe, maybe I can wait. Maybe it's not that important that I worship God. Maybe it's not that important that I live for God personally. This walk that Daniel had was personal and it was public because they knew about it. He, he didn't pull his windows down. He didn't pull his shades down. They, they, Daniel was right out front of the windows like he's always been at four times. He was there praying and doing what he's praying. I know some people's convictions are very good until the heat is on. When the heat comes, you don't see them anymore. They don't see them no more. We find he throws the window open, prays four times a day. In verse 11, they find him praying, and they throw him in the den of lions. Listen to me, if you're going to have a personal walk with God, and it's not just personal, and people know about it, it's public, they will come after you. They will hate you for what you stand for. They will hate you for your walk with God, and they will shoot at you. There will be some times in your Christian walk, they will come after you for the things you stand for. We're living in a society where everybody's offended today. You can't say this, you can't say that, you can't, I mean, I'm, I, you look on all these things, Social media's things and people, I'm offended about this. I'm offended about that. I'm offended to how you dress. I'm offended what you said. I don't, I'm offended about what you do that. And, and it used to, I can understand women saying, well, you offended me. But now we got full grown men. Well, you offended me. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, we, we, we live in a society that no matter what you do, you're going to offend somebody about something one way or another. And let me just say this, when you read the Word of God and you look at the world out there, it's going to offend those that are out there that don't serve God. So when you start preaching this Word and when you start spreading this Word, it is going to offend a lot of people today. And God says, just because it offends them should not diminish your faithfulness to me. Be faithful. Let God find us faithful 
in the things of God. If God hates it, I hate it. If God loves it, I love it. If it's in God's word, I'll preach what it says. If God stands against it, I'll stand against it. If God is for it, then I'm for it. Thus said the word of God. There's going to be enough people, if you live for God, walk for God personally and publicly, they're going to try to get you to quit. I'm just trying to tell you to be faithful. Just be faithful and lift God. Keep the fire stoked in your life to serve God. Let it burn brighter and brighter. You might be able to do what you do. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not able to do the things I used to do. There's some in here that are not able to do the things we used to do. But even those that can't do the things they used to do, there's one thing you can do, and it's one thing we all can do. We can encourage each other to be found faithful in serving God. Some of us might be struggling through some things, and let's just be faithful. Just walk up and says, I'm praying for you. To hang in there. Keep going. God loves you. Lift them up and encourage them. That's what we can do. And especially these young people. The young people as we go on and as we depart from this world and these young people take on, they need to be found faithful too. Because they're not faithful now. And we walk out and we're gone. It's going to be a different time. Different time. We talked about how the churches in the world today is. I'm telling you. I'd hate to see this church become a smokescreen con concert babbling, laying out in the spirit, church. I'd hate to. But we'll stay with what God says. And if Daniel was in the circumstances Daniel was, and the life that Daniel lived from in, 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 uh, in Babylon, all these things he had faced, Daniel was found faithful in everything that Daniel did. He didn't say, well, because I'm living in Babylon, I'm not, I'm not going to serve God. Uh, they didn't say, because I'm, I'm a captive, I'm not going to serve them. Daniel was found faithful. Even though the king was a pagan, Daniel still served him as a Christian towards him. And that's how we're going to win people. Be a Christian in front of them. Not just summertime, not, not when it's convenient to you, Especially when they do something you don't like. I'm a Christian. You don't, no, no. Be a Christian all the time. God can find us faithful. And God can find us faithful. I've got another. Hour. That's just faithfulness. This is just the first point. Faithfulness. And I knew it was going to be faithfulness. I mean, I, I can't hammer it enough. Faithful. God needs to find us faithful. And we've got too many people in Christian life now today that says they love God, but you don't find them faithful at all in anything. God said, God said, if, you, if I find you faithful in the, the small things, the small things. Well, what's the small thing? Well, coming to church, reading the Bible, praying, tithing, witnessing. That's the small thing. That's the small thing. He found us faithful in those things. Serving him. Much more you get. Let him find us faithful. Amen.